It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest hits. C103. And good morning. Hope we find you well on this Tuesday after the bank holiday weekend. Hope you did enjoy it. Our lines are open. 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your comments across the show. Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And ahead this morning, the great reopening was yesterday. And I was here yesterday and a lot of excitement uh, coming into us with pictures on our socials from all various parts of the county and people and across the Cork City as well, of course. People very excited, very very happy that things were getting back to some normality. Anyhow, maybe you were out and about and enjoyed a meal or a few drinks. Let us know how you got on. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. We'll get to that shortly. But also, you would have seen paper reports across the weekend on how homeowners with gardens, maybe a garage or a driveway, they could be paying more for their property tax. We'll be discussing this shortly on the programme as the property tax scheme gets revised. We heard last week about the tax bans which changed... Well, this is a further revision of the property tax. Is it just headlines or is it actually going to happen? We'll discuss that shortly with Cork East Deputy James O'Connor. Also, why locals living in the Whitegate area of East Cork blocked traffic in and out of their area. Uh, They did this to highlight the conditions of their roads. Now, that area of Whitegate, a lot of industry going on there, a lot of heavy machinery drives into the area and it's also known as the energy capital of Ireland. But yet, little road investment into the area. Uh, We'll chat with local residents on why they had to go to that extreme to get the publicity and uh, what some are saying in Whitegate uh, to get the council to actually go out and physically do something because they feel they have been ignored for the last number of years. And if you were doing the leaving cert tomorrow, you're going getting ready, you're sitting down doing the final bit of study and revising for that. Well, we'll have tips from our guidance councillor, Roisin Kelleher, and also discussing the choices after the leaving cert what is available to you this year uh, it's a bit of a different leaving search as it was last year but we'll discuss the choices that are out there as well if you have any questions for us on the leaving search if you want to ask Roisin what you should be doing today a lot of people are unsure what they should be doing the day before the leaving when it comes to revision or your choices after uh, the leaving search or indeed the exam itself 
and the marking of the exam uh, your questions are welcome call Bernie 1850 333 and later after 12.30 on the programme we're going to be speaking with our regular show councillor on the programme that of course is Joe Heffernan and while we're mentioning things are reopening and getting back to normal Joe will be speaking and discussing this and adjusting to the lifting of restrictions because we have heard from people over the course of last week and there were people contacting us who were looking forward to meeting up with their friends but a lot of people have not seen their friends in over a year and they were a bit anxious and nervous and they didn't know why they were, uh, but they were. Uh, maybe a lot of that is, what do you say? There's not much news happening and how will the conversation go? Have people changed in that year? Uh, and that is something that Joe is going to, to discuss uh, this morning on the lifting of restrictions and getting back into uh, what a lot of people are saying, normality. Is it normality? Hopefully it is. And uh, we'll discuss that uh, with Joe after 12.30. Your questions welcome for Joe as well across the course of the morning. But mentioning the reopening, great to see uh, so many businesses yesterday opening again, bars and restaurants all opening outdoors. Uh, thanks to the many people who sent in pics to us on our socials. We see a nice setup at Bob's Bar in Turk. So hello to the guys there. Also Casey's in Clonakilty. And I was working yesterday from our Mallow studio and I was driving around Mallow yesterday afternoon. A great buzz around Mallow town. And uh, I live in the city so I took a drive into the city centre yesterday evening. And again, the atmosphere when you're driving through Washington Street, which is one of the busier and one of the more social streets at night time in Cork City, that was alive once again. Everybody out adhering to all the rules but still out enjoying themselves. It brought a buzz around that area of the city and the much talked about Princess Street was looking very well and Princess Street here in Cork City is what many other cities now are trying to achieve when you hear people from Dublin or in Galway or any other major city in Ireland they're all looking towards Cork and I think here in Cork we have embraced the outdoor life be that in the county towns or in the city but Princess Street also looking very busy last night and a big boost to that area of the city centre so we welcome back all the many businesses and as I mentioned if you were heading out yourself hopefully you enjoyed yourself let us know how you got on did you enjoy it were you able to relax how did the whole new way of dining go with the rules were you used to it from last year let us know you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 but while Cork even though the bars only opened yesterday and there were still people drinking across the weekend I know the Port of Cork did uh, fence off the docks the main reason is it is a working dock along Kennedy Quay but still people were drinking in and around that area but no major trouble there was arrest but nothing like in Dublin and the Garda Commissioner again Drew Harris has come out and he is defending the Garda's action across the weekend he says the element of young drunk people are responsible for causing violent disturbances in Dublin over the bank holiday weekends but a text in from Richard earlier to the show and Richard is asking people do they feel the Gardaí were right or wrong to go in with the batons at the weekends uh, was it too much were they too forceful or were they correct to do so Richard asking the question on that I suppose the one thing is it does show that the Gardaí are willing to take action and if we were more like that or if the Gardaí were more like that we would have cut down on the crime rate or cut down on the thuggery that does happen on our streets be that it's always been happening on a night out after drink maybe if we had more of that would it cut down that people would, wouldn't uh, take the Gardaí with such a light uh, approach as they have been doing or is it wrong for Gardaí to go in with batons and be so heavy handed Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. Uh, Richard on to us earlier on text. Uh, he'd love to know what the people's views are 
on if Gardaí were too heavy-handed and how they treated people in Dublin at the weekend. And then, again, as I say here in Cork, no evidence of that. And while things are returning and the bars and restaurants reopen, the Tónus Jalea Varadkar was speaking yesterday and he's urging a return to the office in August. Now, that would be a month earlier than planned. Of course, he is the Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment. He wants to see people returning to their desks within weeks, even if remote blended working is to become much bigger uh, or a bigger feature of life anyhow after Covid. Blended it will be the new word now for a long long time. It'll be interesting to see how companies react to that. I mean people will want to go back and, and they will be welcomed back to their workplace but will things return to the way they were? Will offices be so welcoming uh, to people who used to call into an office, will that facility still be there? Will they be looking to move things to a more digital approach as some people will opt to work from home maybe two days a week and go to the office three days a week? It'll be interesting to see how that will roll out. But uh, the Taunasha says, provided the vaccine programme continues to gather pace and the virus remains under control, he believes that August makes more sense than September for people to return to the workplace. And I was watching BBC News by pure accident yesterday evening and th- this story is making headlines in some of the papers this morning but also it's regarding Alzheimer's and there's been a lot of talk about developing a drug regarding Alzheimer's and now in the US health officials have approved the first new drug for the Alzheimer's disease in nearly 20 years they're disregarding warnings from independent advisors uh, the much debated treatment of course it hasn't shown uh, to slow the disease over the last while but they're going ahead with this because the Food and Drug Administration the FDA in the States have granted approval to the drug from Biogen based on results that seemed reasonably likely to benefit Alzheimer's patients. It is the only drug that US regulators have said it is likely to treat the underlying disease rather than manage symptoms like anxiety or insomnia. So it looks like that drug, uh, even though it has given the got the go-ahead in the States. Nothing yet here on this side of the Atlantic, be that here in Ireland or indeed in the UK or across Europe. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And going back to Leo Varadkar and I mean, he mentioned there about returning back to work I'd love to know your thoughts on this. He was in the Sunday Independent, if anybody read it at the weekend. And he told them that to avoid a thrift and uh, for those who saved money during the pandemic, basically start spending your money. He reckons that there's 12 billion euros in household savings across the country. And he's asking people to spend their money to kickstart the economy this summer. But I'd love to know, are people, have you saved that? No, obviously no one saved 12 billion, but have you saved over the pandemic? A lot of us have because we haven't been going out. But have you saved an amount of money that you could go out and rush and spend again? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because many of us, I've been lucky enough to be physically going to work every day and coming into the studio. Uh, But still, you have to pay the mortgage, you have to pay the electricity bill, the gas, whatever else comes your way. You might have a loan for a car or whatever. You have the children still going to school, you're still paying for their school costs. So uh, costs in somewhat did increase during the last year. Have you saved that much? And then people who lost their jobs, who weren't lucky enough to go to work every day, who have massive pay cuts who have been on the PUP and still paying high mortgages or rents, how are they faring out? I would love to know if anybody actually saved a large amount of money 
I'm sure people did save something, but a large amount of money. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because for one, I don't think a lot of us here did any help, but maybe we're just working in the wrong game. Not too sure. Your views are welcome. And on some happier and lighter news, wasn't it great over the weekend to see at the BAFTAs, Paul Meskel and he winning a BAFTA at the weekend. His family are out. Of course, he was named Best Actor for his role as Connell in the series Normal People. And that was the adaption of the Sally Rooney Best Seller he was chatting at the weekend he's obviously delighted but his family had a BAFTA party and it was all social distance and everything at their home in Kilcock in County Kildare and they were emotional they said he was emotional and he did when he was addressing the crowd at the BAFTAs he did dedicate the award to his sidekick on Normal People Daisy Edgar Jones who starred as Marianne in the series so good news there great to see the Irish who continue to do well in the UK on screen and what more good news well what about the weather even though it's cloudy today temperatures you'll have noticed are increasing slowly and they will continue to do so later on in the week 23 degrees we'll see here in Ireland uh, the bookies were having uh, different odds on that they're changing so you'll know if the bookies are changing their odds things are going to be going the right way with regards to high temperatures and they are met here and saying 22 to 23 degrees expected from Thursday on onwards and uh, that should be good for the outdoor dining and speaking of the sky if you're looking up on Thursday and mind your eyes a partial solar eclipse will grace our skies on Thursday morning Uh, this is because the moon is going to pass between the earth and the sun so sky gazers will be able to see nearly a third of the sun being blocked out by the moon in the annular eclipse Uh, the eclipse will roughly they say take place in the morning uh, between 10am and midday occurring more so after 11 o'clock anyhow we might chat to Uh, David Moore uh, on this tomorrow on the show from Astrology Ireland because it doesn't happen that often but when it does we usually get cloudy skies as Bernie says we'll have to see what kind of skies we get uh, for that one but that's something that's going to take place on Thursday and can I say a big well done and this is to all the gang in Bantry Blues because they were taking part in a 24 hour runathon over the weekend they were fundraising for Painter House and a few texts in already to say well done to them and if you want to continue to donate you can do that on their I Donate page. It's idonate.ie forward slash Bantry Blues GAA Run for Paisha 157. So uh, you can go along and donate if you wish, but well done to all the gang there at Bantry Blues. And we were talking about outdoor dining and a text in here that says, We very much enjoyed our well needed day out yesterday and had a beautiful lunch and drinks in the garden at the back of the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. I have to compliment the staff, they were so efficient and we felt so safe. All COVID rules were were followed. So well done to all the gang at the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. So well done there to all the gang at the High B. And like that person on text, if you were somewhere and you were happy with what you got, uh, let's give people a mention this morning and boost our local economy and boost our local businesses who are back opened again uh, like that person there who had a nice day yesterday in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow as things reopened. Glad to hear uh, that you enjoyed it. Our lines are open 1850 333 103. Bernie taking your comments across the morning. 
or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Good morning to you. Lines open 1850-333-103. A lot of calls and comments coming in from people who were out yesterday and who were glad to see things returning to some bit of normality. On that, Michael is in Castletown Bear. He says, Hi JP, it is really delightful to see bars and restaurants opening and everything moving forward positively yet again. But I'm fed up of listening to employers complaining uh, that it is very hard to get staff or cannot get staff. This is totally untrue. What they are actually telling us is that it is hard to get cheap staff. You get what you pay for. Believe me, if they paid them a decent wage, there would be not a problem finding staff. I sincerely hope that they will soon realise that the day of cheap slave labour is gone, says Michael in Castletown Bear. And morning, JP. I went to my local pub last night for a few drinks. It was great to be back. But the thing that bugs me is the price of a pint is gone up by 50 cents. Did anyone else notice this or is it only in this pub? So the price of a pint gone up uh, 50 cents, according to that texter. Uh, now, that was warned that when things reopen, prices are going to increase as businesses that were closed for a long time will try and recuperate back the money that they have lost. So there was uh, someone in the sector did say you could see a price increase of what was mentioned, 50 cents or a euro or more. So if you wore out yesterday and were like that texter having a pint, or if you were having another another type of a, a beverage let us know if you did feel it was more expensive than it was the last time you went into your local bar or wherever you went to and on Leo Varadkar uh, we mentioned there about Leo and he's saying people should be, will hopefully return to their offices to work in August and if you saved money uh, you should be going out and spending it and I was asking if people actually did save money was it possible to save money over the last year because everything was still you know you were still paying bills nothing stopped uh, apart from the the obvious stop but nothing stopped as the way of billing and then if you were able to save anything how much on average would you say that you could go out and spend a lot of money and on the back of that then people took pay cuts people lost their job so I'd love to know if anybody actually was able to save money because anybody I know and any of us here weren't able to save money uh, and if you did it wasn't the amount that you could go out and go wild with. Anyhow on that uh, this texture saying Leah Varadkar said who cares what he says? This is the man that told us clothes were non-essential. Also, that children's shoes are non-essential. Obviously, he is not in touch with reality, says that person on WhatsApp. And another person here says, Leo has some cheek to tell us get out and spend our money when he and the likes of him never took a pay cut on their over and huge wages. If he thinks we have thousands, he must have millions. What a cheek, uh, that person on WhatsApp says. And Richard onto us earlier asking where the guards too hard on people in Dublin at the weekend going in with batons and shields uh, a lot of people have come back with that Neve, one of them and uh, Neve's comments have come uh, from a lot of people who agreed this morning uh, with her and Richard's points uh, I would say Richard people are more or less making the point that no that they, they've tried other methods and maybe that's the way to go because Neve says I would agree I think that Gardaí they have tried the softly approach before that did not work out uh, but I would 
also have fired hoses at them, stopping them all in their tracks. So people feel the Gardaí should be more forceful uh, on the text we have got there over the last uh, five minutes or so on the back of what Richard was asking. Are the Gardaí, were they too tough or should they always be like this? And the majority of people think they should be. Maybe if they were more like this, we wouldn't have the crime rates we have in Ireland and maybe we wouldn't have the antisocial behaviour if the Gardaí took a tougher stand like they do in other countries. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And what's your views on the property tax? We all pay it. And if you don't, it comes out of your revenue or it comes out of your wages or something like that anyway. that They'll find you and they'll take it off you. But do we see a return for it? And now it seems, according to recent reports... If you have a garden, if you have a garage, if you have a driveway, you could be paying more. We'll discuss that next. Homeowners with back gardens and driveways could face higher property tax as the government revises the property tax scheme. It seems while the value of a home will be taken into account, so will the person's acre or front or back garden and even additional structures, maybe such as a garage. Uh, Fianna Fáil's Cork East Deputy James O'Connor joins me on this. Good morning to you, James. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. Now, this is something that was spoken about last week and the tax bans were mentioned and it seems those with a higher value house will be hit higher. But then over the weekend, we saw these headlines coming out and it seems that the property tax is going to be revised. Could this, If this does go ahead, first of all, it seems those who are living in more rural areas or suburbs of the city who have a garden or a driveway could be hit higher. Well, just to put this into context, uh, obviously the property tax was introduced under the Labour and Fine Gael government uh, between 11 and 16. Uh, and as part of that, uh, there's a couple of anomalies that still have not been addressed up until now in 2021. Inclusive in that is that people who purchased properties in 2013 through new bills up until uh, the coming November have been completely exempt from paying any property tax. Uh, and that has resulted now in over 100,000 dwellings uh, and is growing significantly as house building expands that are not paying any property tax at all. So this move will be part of, it, uh, of addressing that particular issue, which is which unfortunately is a growing issue and is also susceptible to a potential constitutional challenge, which was deemed uh, quite high risk by government from my understanding. Uh, also, looking at the property tax in terms of the bans, it's important to put into context that these changes uh, will have very, very little effect to people living in constituencies like Cork East or indeed many of the rural areas around Cork. Um, you know, the substantive burden of the increase in the property tax bans will affect uh, people living in more urban areas, uh, particularly in Dublin. Uh, but it's worth noting that according to the research uh, that we have been, uh, been shown so far, that, uh, that, you know, that, that I think it's expected to hit over 50% of property holders in terms of uh, an expected rise of, of €90 Euros in their annual property tax. But for others as well, there's a potential decrease. I think it's important to put that into context. Um, so if it will change, uh, that's worth saying. Um, but it's not going to be the same for each individual household. And the majority of households, John Paul, uh, particularly those in, in places throughout will be a constituency of Cork East, will not experience any increase in these changes. And while it does look like that, those with a higher value house for maybe over 500, 600,000, they may see the increase. But what about this issue of people with a back garden or a driveway? Will they see an increase when they continue to look at how the property tax works? Will someone living, for example, in Cove who has a back garden and a driveway, will they see an increase compared to someone living on the side of a street in a street house or in a housing estate with no garden? 
So the valuation system is very clear. If somebody is living on a on, on a site of a home, that's that's how the valuation of their home is calculated in terms of the, the actual physical house and property and anything that surrounds us. Uh, you know, there's going to be no major change in my understanding of how that's calculated. So, you know, if somebody's home and their dwelling is, 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 is classed as such and shown and the mapping is to be the case in terms of the site of the house, uh, I don't foresee any changes. But uh, it, it's just to put it into perspective that, you know, it's important to point out that there's been there's people living in houses, for example, uh, that were built in Shoesby Road in Dublin uh, that are worth millions that were not paying any property tax that have been built in the last 10 years. Uh, but yet people who are living in the places in Cork East that are living in homes worth 200,000 euros uh, and over uh, are over 100,000 euros, apologies, John Paul, that are actually paying property tax. And you have to ask the question, is that fair? Because the truth is, is that it's not. Uh, and this, these addresses, this, this this uh, particular policy change will address that particular issue. And just once again to stress that it will have a very minimal effect uh, on people living in dwellings that are, that, are, that, are, that are not worth over half a million. And you mentioned the 2013 there. I mean, does that mean so people that have purchased a house since then that aren't at the moment paying property tax, will they have to get a valuer to go out and value their home? Potentially, but it, it, it'll be calculated really on the valuation of the home. So that's, that's, that's how it works. And I have to say, just, you know, since I became a TD last year, We've helped a lot of people with issues with their property taxes, not always plain sailing. Uh, we've helped a lot of people who've gone through economic hardship if they face things like medical bills to get exemptions and deferrals. Um, and also people who have been found to be paying uh, too much property tax. And this is a very important point and some people are not aware of it. If you are known uh, to, to have paid too much property tax over the last number of years, you can actually get uh, some of that property tax back uh, obviously, you have to stress that you you know you need to have proof of that from from evaluation. Uh, but we've helped a lot of people get quite a significant amount of money that's actually backdated back from revenue. And anyone in the constituency of Cork East who might wish to contact my office in regards to that, they're more than welcome to do so because we've helped many people successfully to do that. So and are you tax- saying so? The property headlines we saw over the weekend from Friday, really, about that the, the land you have around your house, adjoining land, back gardens, driveways, garages, all of that. They say there's going to be revised looking at that. Outside of what happened last week with the bans, they were going to look again at this and looking at any additional structures on or within your property, that that really is just the case. It's always been like that. That will not change. So people won't see a change next year or in two or three years' time because they have a big garden. That's correct. So, John Paul, it's going to be just a fair way of, of looking at it. To be fair, many of the commentators working on, on economic sections of the papers have called this, you know, a, a more fair way of looking at the issue of property tax in the country. Uh, obviously, it's not nice for anybody to be facing a property increase uh, or an increase in their property tax. But the point that has to be made is it's going to have a very minimal effect for ordinary, normal people. Uh, this is this change is more focused at, at people who, you know, have been exempt so far. But in addition to that, those that are living in much higher value properties. So particularly for those living in South County Dublin, this is exactly great news. Um, but for people living in the constituency of Cork East, where property values are obviously much lower, it, you know, it, it not, it's not a case that they're facing very large increases. And on the property tax, a lot of text coming in here, people have mixed views on it. But, I mean, what do we actually get from the tax? Because when this came out initially, we were promised that we would get investments in footpaths and roads and lighting. And every time we touch on the issue, we get a lot of messages from people saying we're not seeing that. And uh, like for myself, I live in the city, so I can say uh, there is lights, there is footpaths, there is roads, even though the road network isn't fantastic, it's still there. Uh, But I come from a rural area outside Bandon in West Cork, and I can say any of my neighbours from home that will pay tax uh, the property tax which they all do 
I can't see the investment in those areas. They all pay the same as people in the city pay it, but there's no lights, there's no footpath, the roads are falling apart, they have to drill for their own water, uh, so they pay for their own water as well. Uh, so, so where is the benefits to people in those areas? Because I have yet to see the benefit in the rural areas of Cork or anywhere in the country from this property tax, which we were all promised would happen, uh, but really hasn't, James, has it? John Paul, as a government TD, you mightn't expect me to say what I'm about to say next, but I can tell you there's a strong degree of truth in what you're saying. Um, the property tax obviously goes directly to Cork County Council. It's a very, very important source of revenue income for Cork County Council. Uh, and you're, in return for that, you're supposed to see significant increases in the services that are provided or the quality of services, such as additional amenities for your community, footpaths, walking infrastructure. Uh, and many of the other projects, including funding for, for new libraries uh, that Cork County Council would undertake in, in, in terms of their year's work. But something we've already know is an issue, and Cork County Council have I clearly identified this, and it's an issue I'm very, very passionate about as a new TD, and I don't think other TDs have done enough to highlight it in recent years, is the fact that Cork County Council's funding is significantly lower than many of our, our, our neighbouring counties, and indeed nationally, we are one of the worst performers in terms of the council's direct support from government. Obviously, uh, the economies of scale is an issue because Cockerty Council is the largest geographical area with the longest uh, road network in the country. But it has to be pointed out that we are at a significant loss in terms of that funding. I think we need to see a drastic increase in direct state support for Cork County Council so that people are seeing a major return for their local contributions in terms of what they are paying back to their local authorities. And Cork County Council, unfortunately, is a serious outlier. That is a very, very important issue to me. I've been highlighting it consistently now uh, since February of 2020. uh, And it's something that I am working to try and address with the Minister for Transport, also with the Minister for Local Government, Dara Bryan. Look, thankfully, we are seeing uh, many improvements in uh, infrastructure in the constituency in, in in the last number of days. Uh, with the with the new rail announcement, but I have to point out that Cork County Council uh, has a funding concern that needs to be addressed, and we need the government to do that. But as you say that there, this has gone on for the last ten years. We've been discussing this issue of the property tax, and everybody we bring on says similar. But nothing ever changes. The tax will change. The tax may increase. It may not increase. It may stay the same as it was. But the same answers we get, but no difference. Still, people that are paying the tax in areas where they don't benefit from it are paying tax the same as those in urban areas that are benefiting. And some would say they're not because they mightn't have seen a footpath tackled or a footpath repaired in years. So where is the money going to? It's clearly not going back to where it should be. And if it is going to the councils, I mean, if if you're saying that Cork needs more than others, what is wrong? I mean, why isn't it being sorted? We were talking about this for the last 10 years and nothing is happening. But but John Paul, it's not a case that Cork needs more than others. Cork needs the same because we're not getting the same. And that's not fair. It's just not fair. I think anybody listening would appreciate what I'm trying to say there. Uh, but, no but why is it not changing? I mean, why are we talking about this every time we speak about the property because tax? I, every I, TD will give you the same answer, but it never changes. Well, my personal view, John Paul, I'm a new man that just got recently elected to Dáil Airden. I'm fighting very hard to get that changed. I can't speak for others. Lack of action. I can't speak for the fact that Labour and Fine Gael Slash the funding to our local authorities when they're in government. Uh, but what I can say is that I'm very passionate about seeing the funding going to Cork County Council increasing from government to coincide with the, the with the income they're already receiving through other means as well, through rates and through property tax. And I think that has to be said. It's very, very important. 
I know you have mentioned there Fianna Gael and Labour I see a lot of texts coming in saying you mentioned at the start as well a lot of would say it was Fianna Fáil that led them to do that but anyhow I won't get into that political racket I want to move on finally on, on the property tax a lot of people are asking various questions first of all here and I read this the council council pay for their own homes that will change though is that going to remain the same or will that change for some councils in, in the future? So what's happening at the moment is that obviously you have a number of new policy measures that are going to be t- coming into place really and starting to, to come into effect over the course of the next 12 months. Uh, one area that's going to be very, very exciting is the provision of new affordable homes and that's something that the state is starting to work now with our councils to try and provide funding uh, allocations towards the councils in terms of their provision for renovation of, of, of vacant properties is going to be significantly expanded, uh, uh, John Paul, that's something that has to happen. But also, in addition to that, we're going to see a significant ramp up in terms of the rollout of social housing programmes. Actually, for my and my own constituency, it was one of the biggest benefactors. There's projects now that are going on in Middleton only in the last 12 months that are now coming to a conclusion. I'm very, very hopeful as well in the next while that we'll see additional housing being constructed in Cove uh, and also in Yall, where there's a dire need for... We have a chronic shortage of three-bed family units as well, BJ, or John Paul, apologies. Uh, and that's something that's extremely concerning because obviously there's a lot of families that, you know, they may be younger families that need to either relocate to appropriate properties um, or, or, or those that wish to, I suppose, downsize as well, which is another issue that's not often talked about, but is one. The council will need the budget and the resources to deal with that particular issue. Um, but, but John Paul, just the one thing I wanted to come on here today to talk to you about as well, and I just don't want to, to, to run out of time, was the 185.4. And the rail network, yeah, and I will yeah, get to that yeah. for you because I know you mentioned it. just one final text here on the property taxes, Jur, and I don't know if you can answer Jur or not. Uh, he, she wants to know, uh, do I have to pay the property tax if I'm on social welfare? And if someone is on social welfare and finding it tough, how does that fare out? So if you're on social welfare or any financial circumstances, uh, you, there are many, many cases. Obviously, I can't comment on the individual person because I'm not aware of what their, their, their exact financial circumstances and that's important to say. Uh, but please reach out to my office after and I can get a direct clarification. But for people that may be on, 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 on income support, any, any type of income support, or for those that may have gone through uh, serious economic hardship, for example, somebody who would face serious medical bills in recent times, uh, please step forward, let us know. We'd be delighted to help and assist with that. Um, and, and we have had successful cases and, and many occasions where we've been able to help people directly in terms of deferrals based on, on hardship or deferrals based on personal insolvency, for example, as well, um, or for people who may have been deceased and issues around that. Citizens' information also has some great information on, on, on exemptions and also deferrals of local property tax as well, if you, if you don't wish to speak to uh, a TD such as myself. But I'd be okay. happy to and finally, people. on the property tax, Sinn Féin are saying that they would abolish this tax. What's your view on that? Well, Sinn Féin would like to abolish many taxes, uh, but the question is, is how are they going to pay for many of the services? You know, I, I'm a bit of God with Sinn Féin's economic policy in recent times. It makes no sense for part of the claims that have costed economic policies. Go talk to the chief executives of the county councils and ask them, uh, honestly, how do they expect to fund the services they provide at these are reduced, and uh, I, I don't, I don't agree with. It. I think the property tax is somebody that does not own a property. Um, it's obviously quite a divisive tax, but there are many, many people out there that don't pay this particular tax, and now they're saying they don't want to tax people who own property. So, I'm just wondering, are they going to raise taxes and income taxes for people, uh, or how are they going to fill the gap? Because Sinn Fein often use the scapegoat of people earning in excess of hundred thousand, but there isn't an unlimited supply of those individuals. 
um, and they certainly won't fill the holes in terms of their other gaps in economic policy, including around their corporation tax. Okay, I know you want to mention about the railway investment and this will see new railway lines and new stations in place from Blarney, Blackpool and Tivoli all joining up towards East Cork, which is great to hear. It is needed in Cork. I mean, we see other European cities. We see Dublin, uh, the rail network that is in operation there along with the Lewis. So we do need this given the level of traffic that is coming on our roadways. But uh, while it's good news, is there a timeline on this and, and how far, how long will people have to wait for the development and see the diggers, I suppose, in place building these new stations? So this is very, very significant news for our county, for our city. Uh, it's most, the most significant investment in the county's rail infrastructure, perhaps in over a century. And for people living uh, John Paul in places like uh, Mallow and Middleton and Cove, Carrick-Tugel, Glountown, and also in Cork City uh, that are already serviced by existing rail connections, this is obviously hugely positive. But it's also worth noting that people living in Blarney uh, you know, there's going to be new stations uh, constructed in Cork City as well, in Blackpool, uh, and also down in Tivoli, hoping that we we'll hopefully have more residential development there. Uh, this is absolutely huge news. We're going to see the frequency of the trains uh, triple, so that there's going to be uh, three times the current capacity in terms of existing rail services, John Paul. Um, and I'm very, very excited about that. But in terms of the timeline, I'd expect much of this to be completed over the course of the next 10 years. What's going to happen is that there's going to be an additional train line laid between Middleton running up towards the, the junction where it meets with Cook for Cove. Uh, but also what it also means as well for, for Cork is that, you know, there is the potential in the future. And as a TD from you all, I, I, I'm quite happy to say this, that I'm fully, fully of the view that once this is fully implemented and the funding is provided for the electrification of the line, the new line going down to Middleton, that it will actually re-establish the potential for a train line to connect you all this is something that many, many people get in contact with me about. Um, but the reality is, is that once this is implemented, it is going to allow the economic case for that to be done. And I'm also quite excited to say that in the next number of weeks, we will see the National Development Plan being released. I'm the Fianna Fáil spokesperson for transport. I've been working on around €2 billion Euros worth of infrastructure projects in terms of our road and rail network um, for my own constituency of Cork East, but also for our county. And we're going to see many of the details around the Cork Limerick motorway, uh, also around uh, bypasses, hopefully, for the East Cork area around Castle Marcher and Killa, and hopefully Cove Access Road as well. These are all issues I've been working very closely with the Minister for Transport on. And I'm very, very clear about this. I said it in the Dáil only last week that the last national development plan that was drawn up in 2014 by the Labour and Fine Gael government was extremely disappointing for Cork. We were very, very badly let out in terms of other other geographical areas. For example, Wexford is a very clear example of that in terms of the investment they got in their road network. And I've, I've called on our own senior ministers in Taoiseach in our own county, and indeed all of our TDs alongside myself, to work closely to ensure that Cork gets its fair share this time around. So thankfully that review process is, is underway, and I'm very, very hopeful that uh, Michael McGrath, as uh, our local uh, cabinet minister in Cork South Central, and the Taoiseach Michal Martin um, and Simon Coffey as well will all ensure at a cabinet level that Cork is well looked after when that policy document is released. And briefly, James, when you mentioned there about the changes and it's positive news, I know, but the Green Party, your fellow party in government, they basically want people off their cars onto the trains. This will be an investment regarding the rail network, but still people will have to drive to certain areas of the county. The train isn't going to go everywhere. Bike lanes are only really working in in city areas or large towns. So not everybody will be able to use these. So I suppose motorists overall don't want to feel that they're 
they're going to be punished for driving a car. Is that something we, we, we could see down the line when you mention these investments? Because the money will have to come from somewhere to pay for this. Well, you know, something that I think that will help to integrate our, our rural road network into the public transport system is the introduction of the park and ride facilities. This is very clearly set out in the Cork Metropolitan Transport Area Strategy. That really covers um, everywhere that's in the vicinity of Cork City, including uh, and abandoned John Paul. Uh, and I'm very, very excited to see, uh, you know, the potential for that to be developed over the next number of years. In terms of a timeline for the fruition of many of these projects, many of the works in terms of the rail expansion are expected to be completed by August of 2026. Uh, I do agree with you that the Green Party's mantra is to see more cars taken off the road, but my mantra is to put the infrastructure in place to allow people the opportunity to leave the car at home. Uh, and I think that we have to ensure that the park and ride facilities for places like uh, for my, uh, for even the Cork or the Cork Manor Road as well, there is a strong discussion that there will be park and ride facilities put in place. And I'd expect that the Blarney train station would allow the opportunity for that to happen. Uh, but also on the eastern corridor coming in and out of Cork City, uh, that is uh, one of the biggest choke points, not alone within Cork, but nationally, with over 100,000 vehicles will be using the, the, the Dunkettle interchange upon its completion. So I do think it would be wise to go, for government to put, put in a park and ride facility so the people living in, in places like, you know, Yall or, you know, throughout East Cork that are coming in and out of um, Cork City but, uh, can, can convert onto public transport uh, and then use that to get into the city centre. Yeah, because we uh, so need, right, you need right, some right. kind of plan. If you're going to have something like this, you do need a plan whereby if you're going to take us off the road by car, we need to yeah. have the transport in the first place, the public transport, that is, as an alternative. I have to leave it there, James, but thank you for joining us this morning on those issues. And uh, That is Corky's Finofol Deputy, James O'Connor. Your views are welcome. A lot of views in regarding the property tax and public transport. We'll get to those shortly, but keep your comments coming to Bernie on 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Your comments are welcome a lot to get through regarding the property tax and public transport and the Gardaí and many agreeing with Richard who was asking earlier were the Gardaí right or were they wrong in their handling of people in Dublin at the weekend many think they were right your views are welcome 1850-333-103 text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103 good morning to you lines open 1850-333-103 or you can text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103 a lot of calls and comments in with regards to the property tax conversation we had before 11 with the Cork East Deputy James O'Connor also a lot of people when we mention public transport and the rail lines uh, people have good questions over that and it's only really some parts of the county that will actually get this new rail service they speak about if we actually get it uh, but back first of all to a query from Richard at the start of the show and this was regarding scenes from Dublin now not much so Cork with Dublin at the weekend where we saw the Gardaí out with battens and they were tackling a lot of people who were drinking on the streets Gardaí say they really had no choice with what was going on there was criminal damage and a lot more going on there in many areas of Dublin but uh, a lot of people are agreeing with the Gardaí uh, first of all Audrey is saying because Richard was asking what people thought of this was it right or wrong to go ahead and do this from the Gardaí well Audrey says yes I think the Gardaí are correct and they are right on the way they are doing things when people break the law John says totally agree with the Gardaí if they did this all along over the years we might have less of those young pups around or even old pups around uh, John says this might uh, disdain others who are trying to get into uh, criminality 
in this country are indeed trying to behave improper on our streets. While on WhatsApp, this person says, Gardaí were not heavy-handed enough. A lot of empathy for them. They should have used water cannons. Cannot be heavy-handed enough with thugs. Terrible for the businesses and the business people in that area. While Tom is in Bantry, Tom is saying those scenes from Dublin at the weekend, Tom feels the Gardaí have been using bully boy tactics with the people of Ireland. Young people enjoy their freedom and have a lot of energy built up during the pandemic. They are not going out to deliberately cause trouble. This is Tom in Bantry to Bernie on 1850 Some of your views there regarding the Gardaí. And on the property tax, a lot of people have mixed views on on the property tax but one major view about they don't agree with it first of all this texter here says I don't mind paying a property tax but I don't agree with including gardens and sheds as you know sheds are needed to store things as if they are seen they will be stolen so how low can our government go it's okay for our TDs they can well afford to pay they should think of the next election to this person on WhatsApp well, another person here is saying, how is the ordinary person going to pay for all the price increases when there is no increase in income? I can see more mental health issues when people can't cope. And Richie says, it's an absolute disgrace for the government to be charging a property tax, in my opinion. We've paid enough in VAT on the home build day one. That was gone to the government as most homeowners cannot recoup the VAT. Indikini states when he was Taoiseach that taxing a person's home was unjust and unfair says Richie on WhatsApp to 0862103103 and John is in Clonakilty John says John Paul on the property tax conversation whoever in the next election will abolish this tax will fly in I hear a lot of staunch followers of Fine Gael and Fine Fáil that won't vote for these parties anymore a lot of these TDs vote with the party and not issues that actually affect the people on the ground says John in Clonakilty what a Domanwell listener says well they won't get a penny out of us for their property taxes that texter from Dunmanway another texter here is saying my house is over 70 years old and I have no heating only one fireplace and I pay 100 euro a year property tax I am an old age pensioner how is that fair while John says John Paul the country is broke this great government put us on our knees who is going to fix it is it politics? No chance. It's rotten to the core. I heard it all 40 years ago. All these politicians are a disaster. Sure, it's about playing the game and feathering their own nests, fields John, on text to 0862103103. While JP, if we are already paying all these taxes for our home when we brought it and now they plan to take more and more taxes until we die it is just very very unfair says that person on WhatsApp Uh, while Tim on WhatsApp says the government views homeowners as soft targets when it comes to the property tax ordinary people's homes should never have been taxed now it seems we are being penalised for having our own properties looking good I paid for my site, I repaid my mortgage without any help from the government in the way of grants. I don't agree with the property tax and believe it's totally unjust. I await with bated breath for some normal thinking political party who will have the courage to stand up for constituents and abolish property tax, says Tim Collins on WhatsApp. And a listener in Kerry says, what is the benefit of property tax to people in remote places such as Cork and Kerry? I was on a rural road in Kerry yesterday visiting a graveyard and had to park up and walk because of the multitude of potholes. Where are they in Dublin? 
where are the similar roads to what I experienced in Dublin? It's the big cities that benefit from such taxes in return for property taxes. I'm supposed to see improvements in services from my local authority, but I've never absolutely seen anything in return. No return there for that listener in Kerry. And Colm is in Buttevant. This is domestic rates by another name, says Colm. James is talking about deferrals, but they will still have to pay the tax eventually, says Colm in Buttevant. And yeah, right you are, Colm. They will eventually have to pay that regarding, regardless of what uh, deferrals uh, the TDs are talking about. You still have to pay the tax one way or another and if you don't, it could come out of your wages even. So uh, there's no escaping it really. And Deneen and on WhatsApp and good morning to you Anne. Uh, she says our local property tax went up where I live last year I am a senior citizen and I only receive my old age pension where do they think people like me will get the money to pay all these extra bills paying groceries gas, food electricity etc where will all the money come from and Heidi saying JP where do very similar to Anne about getting the extra taxes where do they think us the people will find the money to pay all these taxes we need a government Heidi says that looks to work for and with the people not a government that keeps dreaming up different ways to keep getting money from us uh, says Heidi and uh, we were speaking there about the railway investment as well and you would have heard areas mentioned like Blarney and Blackpool and Tivoli and areas of East Cork and already there is a rail line in North Cork but a lot of people have been on from other areas of the county where there is no railway line Heidi uh, says railway and a lot of exclamation marks after it Uh, what about West Cork never mentioned that did they Uh, says Heidi and Michael in Bantry says Hi John Paul maybe they might bring back the Bantry to Cork City line again hopefully says Michael in Bantry and Joe in Crosshaven asking any railway projects for the Carrigal line and Crosshaven area we could do with those back again it would certainly uh, reduce traffic on the roadways into the city centre and there's no talk about those areas as yet and yeah Michael and Heidi I have to agree with you a lot of people in West Cork would say uh, the biggest mistake they made was taking away the railway line which ran right across West Cork all over uh, that area of the county uh, and many people who grew up in certain times would remember the railway lines there there's a lot of old pictures doing the rounds at the moment online uh, there's one on Facebook whereby they actually colour in uh, the old photos and it's fascinating for someone who wasn't around when the railway was operating in West Cork to see areas where there was a railway station uh, areas in towns even like in Skibbereen and Clonakilty and, and Gagan the Clonakilty Junction and Gagan seeing that being so different to what it is now uh, it's quite amazing and to think that we're all being told to get out of our cars and use public transport when the point was made earlier there is no public transport to use yes we have it great system in the city and the buses if you're living in a suburban area of the city uh, some routes there are fantastic and they bring you to wherever you want to go along the city routes and into the city centre but outside of that you are in a situation whereby you have no option but to get into your car and drive and while there is railway stations in some parts of the county and that service is to improve I know people that live in Carrigtool and Middleton and they commute every day into the city uh, for work and they find it excellent but then like Michael mentioned there in Bantry if you're in those areas nothing there's no railway line but you're under the same laws and rules as somebody living in the city or living in Carrigtool where there is a railway system into the city and you still have to use your car so that's where we're making the point of we can't all just ditch our cars we would love to if we had the choice but there's no alternative 
we have to use our cars we have to pay for the various tax and insurance that goes with that because there's no other way around we did a, a, a kind of a, an example of that a number of years ago on this show and it was travelling to the studio in Mallow and we did it using public transport because if there was no public transport basically to the studio in Bandon only using the buses but we wanted to show how would you, how you could go by using a railway line uh, so for me to travel from where I live in Silver Springs into the city the Kent Station and then out a bike train to Mallow and then getting a taxi from the railway station to Mallow to here I think the cost was roughly about 40 euro or more and then there's the time because you either walk the Kin station which is about a 30 minute 40 minute walk maybe uh, or you get a taxi or you wait for the bus and then you get the bus into the Parnell place and walk out uh, so and equally if I was going to the studio abandoned by public transport I would have to get the bus to the bus station wait in the bus there to go to West Cork or get the West Cork Connect service on the keys one of those services to bring me and while they're fantastic services if you're rushing for work or if you're in your, if you're in a job uh, that you have to be at a certain time it just wasn't feasible for me to do that and the cost anyway would outweigh it I mean 40 50 euro every day uh, you know if you're paying for a taxi out and and, and again it's fine if you're doing it once off but if you're doing it every day there's too much of a cost so that's why we have to use public transport and there's a lot of people working in areas where you would have to do that there's no direct way to get to your area without using a taxi or a bus or a train why it all sounds fantastic and we all use the buses I've used the buses loads of times when I'm not in a rush to get somewhere but if, if you're going to your workplace and if you're under pressure and if maybe there's something breaking news-wise that morning and it's a big story you have to get in earlier uh, to, to source context and, and, and source the, the research for that story you know you can't be waiting uh, on, a, on a train or a bus and that's the reality of it that might not be that is there but it's hard to get to and we're a long long way for that and I think I agree with those and I do agree with Heidi and Michael and Bantry uh, it's a shame that you know some areas will get this others won't but we're all under the same roof and we all have to go by the same laws anyhow thank you for your text on that a lot of texts and, and comments regarding property tax and indeed our situation when it comes to public transport your views are welcome to Bernie 1850 333103 or text of WhatsApp 0862103103. And our North Cork man who is in Germany, good morning to you. And he says it's great to hear and see the country reopening and pubs, restaurants, and gyms all opening again. And he said outside dining is good, but he believes it's only table service. And yes, and he's asking about what he saw on a webcam from Dublin at the weekend whereby the bars uh, had people seated and they were outside, you know, drinking away outside the bar. Uh, but there was people on the street as well. And Gardaí were walking by, but these people on the street, uh, this man says, were drinking. Uh, so it seems that they weren't really obeying by the rules. And uh, Ireland was never a land for this drinking on the streets. And this person feels it's a bit sad to see this going on. And a lot of young people uh, drunk along the streets as well. So what are the laws for outdoor dining? in JP because some bars were not following the guidelines according to our man here who says stay safe from our North Cork man who's living in Germany uh, well on that uh, the the webcam I think you're referring to was probably the famous webcam from Dublin in around the Temple Bar area and while the pubs there were more than likely they were all obeying the laws what you have there that Temple Bar area laneways around that lead onto the Keys you will have people gathering there just for the atmosphere and even though they're not going into the bars they may bring their own takeaway drinks so just because someone's outside drinking on the street it doesn't necessarily mean they bought the drink from the bar and went outside the bars are doing the best they can to obey obey the rules but you have people uh, that will just you know turn up bar is full 
they'll stand on the street having a few drinks with their friends they won't be in the bar but they'll be nearby in the street just to soak up the atmosphere so that's more than likely what uh, was happening here uh, there I mean a lot of people yesterday in the city weren't even going out they were just walking through the city just to get and sense the atmosphere that they missed for so long of people enjoying themselves so uh, more than likely that is what is happening there because on outdoor dining uh, while there is no time limit for outdoor service unlike last year you're asking about the rules and we, again it's just outdoor no indoor for the moment but the customers will be have to be off the premises by 11.30 uh, they have to accommodate the, the usual you know the social distancing guidelines and all of that six adult customers uh, at a table uh, so many bars unfortunately are, are you know, in fairness to them are doing this are, are obeying this but when you see something on your picture that is what is more than likely happening people are just gathering in the areas not going to the pub but buying a drink just so they can enjoy and sample the atmosphere and I suppose if they're not doing anything wrong, if they're not, you know, fighting like they were at the weekend, the Guardia are, are leaving them alone because they're not causing any disturbance. Anyhow, thank you for your, your WhatsApp on 0862103103. And Mary, we were speaking earlier from people and we heard from people sorry, earlier who were out at the weekend, really enjoyed themselves. They were complimenting different bars and restaurants here in the Cork area. But we had a few people who felt that the price increased. So one man was in his local bar. He The price of a pint went up by 50 cents, he said. And Mary is saying she was out at the weekend and she thinks prices are going very high. And she speaks about local chippers and she's said we're asked to support local but she feels prices are high fish and chips were 15 euro and they seem to be charging as much for a takeaway meal as a sit down meal says Mary consumers have been hit very hard as well as business owners and the outdoor dining in some towns Mary feels could cause an accident as they have narrowed the road so much traffic found it difficult to get by uh, that's Mary's view did you experience that if you, if you were out and about at the weekend did you experience that did you feel that the prices did increase uh, across the weekends in a bar or with food or did you mind paying the extra price knowing that that business was closed for so long uh, did that not affect you your views are welcome 1850 text or whatsapp 0862103103 we're going to Whitegate next to find out why the people of Whitegate had to block traffic and protest because they needed to highlight the condition of their roadways C103 Jobs and on today's job spot, we have opportunities for a rigid truck driver is wanted for multi-job deliveries. It's nationwide. You can apply with your CV to transport at iihealthfoods.com. A sales executive is required for Carrigaline Furniture and Carpet Centre. Email your CV to Furniture at gmail.com. And a taxi driver is wanted for the Clonakilty and Skibarine area. Contact 087-2955-797 for further details. And if you want more job opportunities, Go online to our website right now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'll just go to C103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103. A lot of comments in on the property tax and also the Gardaí's handling of people at the weekend in Dublin. I'll get to those shortly. Bush, residents in Whitegate held a protest last Friday to highlight the conditions of roads in their area. Shane Russell lives in the area and he joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John Paul. Many thanks for having us on this morning. And thanks for joining us. Now, Whitegate, known to a lot of people, beautiful area, beautiful views, but you have a lot of industry in the area there. And do you think because of the, the heavy vehicles coming in that this could be just one of the reasons why your roads are falling into disrepair? I mean, you have a lot of people travelling to the area. Absolutely, John Paul. Like, Whitegate is known to many as Ireland's energy capital. We have the Irving Oil Whitegate Refinery. We have a power station down to board gas, GE, and we have two power stations in the ESP in Ahada. And Whitegate's also home to Trebulgan Holiday Centre, which is just two kilometres out the road. So we have a huge amount of traffic, both tourism-related and industry-related, in and out of the village. Just to give you an idea, the oil refinery alone would take maybe between 150 to 200 trucks a day taking the oil from the refinery and supplying it throughout the south of Ireland. So there has been a significant um, increase in usage on the roads, but very little investment in the roads for a long while now. And all that industry has been there for many, many years. So when was the first time that locals realised that the roads weren't being repaired uh, properly or, or weren't being maintained in the area? And when did you first approach the council on this? For, for the last number of years, the roads have deteriorated quite bra- badly. Now, there is an Irish water, wastewater treatment plant proposed in the area. And as, as part of that, some of the roads that have now deteriorated quite badly would need to be dug up to facilitate piping for that. And the view was that they would wait until these pipes have been laid before they would actually do anything, any major project with the roads. However, that, that project hasn't started. Planning is still in process. Um, and there is no start date in sight with that. 
over the last number of months, the roads have really started to crumble. And two weeks ago, with the exceptionally warm weather over the weekend, um, the, the actual road, the tar melted up completely and it started to turn into just bubbling bubbling tar all along the road. We, we have addressed this with the council on a number of occasions over the years, but it was always the view that once the Irish Water Project is complete, that then they could look at doing a complete resurface of the road. The road's right out as far as Chibolgan Gate is in very poor condition from White Gate, along with other roads in the locality. But it's got to a stage now that we can no longer wait for the Irish Water Project because the roads are just in a very dangerous condition now. And would you be worried that the fact that the staycation is the way it's going to go this year, tourists are going to be visiting areas like East Cork, uh, Roaches Point, all those areas are well frequented by locals and they will be now from people right across Ireland. Are you fearful that accidents could happen for those who aren't aware of the area are coming off maybe the, the motorway uh, off Carrick Tool and Middleton there and, and driving down onto a more rural road which does over time then fall into disrepair? Absolutely. We had a situation about 12 months ago in the village where the road had also broken up quite badly and we had a bus, school bus and an articulated truck had a very close call in the centre of the village because they, one of them had to avoid a very large pothole that had opened in the road. So like there is, there has been near misses. Thankfully we've had no accidents but there has been a number of near misses and it's certainly something that with the increased level of traffic especially on the tourism related whereby people as you say wouldn't be used to maybe the, the road condition that they're coming into a scenario where it is after deteriorating quite badly. And truck drivers, I know we, and you sent in photos to us last week or last Friday when we displayed them on our social media and truck drivers were, we were blocking them in one regards, but they seem to be sympathetic to you. But it must be very frustrating for truck drivers who have to, on a daily basis, go and drive on the bad road network that is there and try and get to the place they're working in Whitegate. What was their view on the whole situation? In fairness to the truck drivers, they were very supportive on the day. They fully acknowledged that the road conditions was absolutely appalling. They had experienced it firsthand um, this day last week when the roads had melted so badly that they was, the tower was actually peeling on to the wheels of the trucks as they were coming through the village. So they, they understood exactly. Like the, There was a proposal a number of years ago that the R630, which would be the road from Whitegate to Middleton, would be taken under the remit of the NRA, now the TII, given the strategic importance of it because of the level of industry that use that road every day. But that still hasn't progressed and there's been no further movement on it. So like what we're calling it now is Cork County Council um, to come forward with a, a, a definitive resurfacing plan for the roads to bring them back up to a safe and drivable condition. You mentioned there about the tourists who had the lucky escape and, and that pothole. Uh, have many cars from locals, from a local point of view, have many of your cars or trucks or work vehicles been damaged? I'm aware of 30 vehicles so far that have had um, between wheel, tyre and um, suspension damage from potholes, we'll say, on the roads from Whitegate to Tribulican Gate. I'm aware of that many so far. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. in a short space of time and uh, we mentioned there about getting this done and something I mean the reason you're highlighting that this is to draw the attention in a public manner to get the council to finally do something or indeed the TII uh, to sort the road out uh, have you what have local councillors say I mean I presume you've contacted the local TDs and councillors in the area what have they come back with? We have indeed now um, last Friday there was a statement from the council 
um, in relation to that they are now looking at their, a feasibility study will be undertaken this week with a view to seeing which is there an option to do a resurfacing of it or a reconstruction. But what, all these promises and feasibility studies, these are great, but what we want to see is we want action. We don't want promises. We don't want that it will be done eventually. We want to know that it will be done and when it will be done so that these roads can be brought back up to standard. There's all this publicity about Whitegate, the major industry. We have a huge amount of land zoned for heavy industry in the area, but we can't get the symbols right. We can't have a road that we can drive through the village. And the residents and the people from the Whitegate and Had area are sick and tired of it. And the time has come now that we just get, get this road sorted once and for all. Yeah, and you're right. They're mentioning this morning in many of the papers that Cork Harbour is going to become a big energy hub for Ireland and Whitegate and Ahara included in that. So if that is to happen, you'll need a proper road network to get in and out of those areas. Shane, stay in touch. Let us know what the update is on this as it goes on. And well done to you for taking the time out and actually going and protesting and, and raising the issue. Hopefully now, uh, since that. Had the council come back to you, by the way, in the last few days about this or anything over the weekend? Or? They did last Friday afternoon. There was a statement issued by the senior uh, roads engineer in the Middleton office in relation to this feasibility study and a number of the mm-hmm. councillors have also been in touch with us and the TDs. So it's certainly got attention, there's no doubt about that. But as they're getting the attention, it's not something we should have had to have done. This is something that's been ongoing for a long while now. The lack of investment in the roads has been, it's been detrimental to the now condition of the roads and it's just time that we see action, not more. Totally, and it's ironic we were speaking about the property tax earlier in the show and the investment that should be given uh, to roads and yet we're discussing about roads falling apart in Whitegate. Anyhow, uh, Shane, we'll stay in, in contact and let us know what the development on this situation is. And for the moment, thanks for contacting us and joining us this morning on the show. Absolutely. Thanks a million, John Paul. Thanks for highlighting the issue. Much no problem. Thank you, Shane. There, that's Shane Russell, who lives in the area of Whitegate, and what they had to do uh, to highlight and hopefully get their roadway sorted out there in the Whitegate and had areas uh, of East Cork, a beautiful area. And yeah, it is the energy hub of Ireland and going to be that way, the energy capital, as they call it, of Ireland. Uh, but still, you need a proper roadway and investment in and out for that to be achieved. And also with the increase in tourism there in the East Cork area, uh, I'm not sure it's a lot more. More people across the county who could have the similar or, or the same type of protests due to their road conditions. Anyhow, lines open 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your comments across the show. You can text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103. The Leaving Cert gets underway tomorrow. We've advice and tips and also discussing the choices after leaving. And we'll be discussing that with our career guidance counsellor, Roisin Callagher next. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 1850- 333103. The leaving search gets underway tomorrow with some advice for the night before the leaving and also choices after the leaving search. I'm joined by our career guidance counsellor, Roisin Kelleher. Good morning to you, Roisin. Good morning, John Paul, and to all the listeners. And thanks for joining us. As we all know, this day can be an anxious time for many leaving search students, as you'll have the relatives saying best of luck and the neighbours calling over best of luck and all of that. So, as many will feel they're under pressure now at the start of the leaving search, I mean, this is where you, I suppose, today is looking back and revising, and also it might be hard to do so, but to try and relax as well if you can. Well, this is it to try and keep things as calm as possible and balanced way of doing things and to have all their material ready. Tomorrow is focused, of course, for the exam. And, of course, it's particularly challenging for the students this year for many reasons, of course, because of the COVID and the 
disruption and interruption to the education. But also, they, they haven't had the benefit of the pre's in the usual way as well, John Paul. So it is a big occasion, not just tomorrow, but for all the days that are following for the weeks right up to the 29th of June, when the exam will be completed, depending on the subjects. So, of course, it's very important to try and keep as calm as possible today, this evening, and right through the exam. So keep to the routine of preparation, having all the materials that they require for the next day's exam. Not studying new material, I'd say, at this stage, revising the material that they already know, and making sure that they are completely familiar, of course, with the timetable and the days and all the different times for the exams right through uh, the exam time. But as I say, the revision is so important going through that, but also having the balance of the exercise, the sleep, the rest, and trying to keep the contact as low as possible if they can. I know it's it's the usual thing that young people are on the phones and social media and all of that, but not to be too uh, jittered by it or not to be overwhelmed by it. Of course, they want to keep contact with their friends, and that is just the support, but just to kind of keep it as calm as possible and to enter into those exams in a positive way of, of, of thinking. Now, they do have the reassurance of the, uh, the grades from the teachers, so, you know, the accredited grades. So that, that, that is a comfort as well for them, but at the same time, to do the very best they can with the written exams. And it's nice that they have that opportunity. The students last year didn't have that opportunity this year. So they do have that opportunity to do their best in their written exams tomorrow and the following days for their exams. And while they prepare for tomorrow, Roisin, and the morning itself, uh, when you go into the exam centre, many people might feel, I've done too much, I've done less, maybe I, I can't do this paper. You know, these things go through our heads. Uh, the question, though, always comes in every year, and Jonathan has this, from changing from a higher to an ordinary level. Uh, students have to be careful because sometimes it can be like a completely different course, even though it's the same subject. That's exactly it. And people can feel quite unnerved about it and change at the last minute, which they are entitled to do. But I would say be very, very careful about that. If they have prepared for, well, we assume it would be the higher level that they would be changing from the higher to the ordinary. It would be unlikely to be the other way around. But however, it, it might be. But at the same time, they have been prepared specifically for a particular level. So they need to keep that in mind. And remember, on the higher level paper, with the new grade system, it is possible to pass on 30%. So, you know, surely they will do something on that paper that will allow them to get a pass grade on the exam. And the 30%, the 39 is 87. So, you know, it's not coming up with the points, but still it is significant to remember it is passing the paper. Now, if a student is concerned about, we'll say, a critical entry requirement for a course where if they did not pass that particular subject it would have a significant result in the sense that they wouldn't be they wouldn't meet the entry requirements for a course or a college that obviously is a big concern but that is something that they should have considered before now but nevertheless it is something maybe that they have in mind and the other that's very important as well if they change from a higher to an ordinary level what is the knock-on effect on entry requirements for something else as well. So if a person decided that they were going to change from their high-level Irish into ordinary-level Irish, remember, for the primary education, 
they do need to have an H4 in that result. And also it can affect mathematics. So it's important that they look to see if they're going to change. Then I would say that they should be considering that at least today rather than tomorrow when the papers will be handed out. And if they make that change, what will be the consequences with regard to course entry? But keeping in mind at the same time, if they're concerned about it, bottom line is the important thing, will I pass the exam? That's the, the big thing in relation to a course, I suppose. Yeah, a realistic question for our students. But yeah. we would prefer that they would have discussed that with the guidance counsellors and their teachers in school before now. And while people will be, you know, managing the day of the exam, managing the timing, uh, the stress or the tension, it's also very important for the parents or the guardians or the siblings or whoever is around them to be mindful of that. To be mindful of it and to and to give them the support, which we know very well that they do but to give that extra support at this time and to try and keep the atmosphere as calm as possible, uh, you know, with the parents and indeed with the other young people or whatever age people they would be in their home to understand that they are under extra pressure at this time. Of course it is. A whole series of questions about something they're not quite sure about and the consequence of how they will do well in that exam. So it is a pressure in that sense, but it's important. It's, it's something that they will go through and it just to, to remind them to keep the calm approach, make sure that they're eating properly, that they have their rest. Water, drinking water is so important. Or even for themselves, where they would feel stressed. I mean, I know they talk a lot about the mindfulness nowadays. And it is helpful if people could apply any kind of a practice like that. And when they'd feel upset, just to see the word stop. But I often say this to, to young people, John Paul, just, just spell it out, S. And give a pause, T, and give a pause again, O, and P. Even saying that can calm them. Having a sweet, having a drink with them, anything like that. It, there's nothing unusual about feeling panicky and upset. That's the first thing to say. But it's how you deal with it, how you manage it, and how you calm yourself and steady yourself. Two feet on the floor. Don't mind looking around at other people or what they're doing or how many pages they've written. Leave them to us. That's grand. Look after yourself and see about yourself and try not to indulge in too many postmortems afterwards. What's written is written. Let it go. And you have to prepare for the next exam. And then when the exams come to an end, the next thing is the choices after the leaving cert, which you yes. touched on there earlier. Uh, many people this year have concerns, uh, Roisin, with the results coming out on the first week of September. They feel it's too close to renting and trying to find accommodation if you have to move away, which many people maybe have to do so yeah. uh, to go to college. Yeah, that, that is an issue. There's no doubt all about that. But that is because they're taking the two types of exams, if you like, into account, the written exams and the accredited grades. So in order to give that time to be assessed in the way the department wants it done, it means that the results will not be released until the 3rd of September. And yes, that puts extra pressure then on, first of all, uh, you know, what they're going to do. So they have the results first. Then after that will be the CA offer. So the first thing they have to do is the results. So what will that result allow a person to do? Is it their intention to go to college? If it is, then they will have made that decision earlier, of course up to the CAO on the 1st of July now, so that's a very big decision, making sure that they have filled out their Level 8, the Honours Degrees programmes, if that's what they wish to do, the Level 6, the Certificate, and the Level 7. Very important that they maximise 
the CAO possibilities. My goodness, there are 20 possible choices there, 10 on level 8 and 10 on level 6, 7. So it's important that they will fill those out. And indeed, also, there have been comments with the numbers of students taking the exam this year that there could be points of inflation. Then all the more reason to be steady about what you're making your choices about and to put in adequate choices. So besides the CAO, and they remember, they can still put in new courses, change courses around, do anything they wish, except for the restricted courses. There would be courses that would have had applied to before the 1st of February, you know, courses where there'd be an extra dimension to it, like the age pass or maybe portfolios or additions. But besides those courses, they have many other courses to apply for. And it's also important that they look at the latest updates from the CAO because new courses have been added. So there's so many wonderful choices. But besides that, they could also apply for the post leaving their course. Very, very important. And one one doesn't affect the other. It's one for us to have a number of choices. So the post leaving their courses, which generally they apply for online, marvellous programmes, level five and level six, which are great programmes in their own right, or can also work as a way of progressing into higher education, if they so wish. And one can never forget the amount of opportunities in the apprenticeships. And among the apprenticeships nowadays, John Paul, there are two actually, which even offer an honours degree programme, one in the insurance and one in recruitment, uh, and many more besides. So looking up just all the ws.apprenticeship.ie, that gives all the information about that. Yeah, they are fantastic, right, Roisin? They're forgotten about a lot of the time, but apprentices, uh, they re- they they do kind of, for, we've seen it in the past for trade work, but as you mentioned, now insurance and more are coming into it and they have made a difference to so many people who maybe just aren't suited to the whole learning process that we have here in this country. Well, well no, of course, the apprenticeships do still learn. Yeah, but it's the it's the whole thing of learning everything in, in two or three years, you know, the way the Leaving Search is designed. Frank is making a good process or a good point here. He's saying it's a time for continuous assessments. The virus has highlighted this. Pity our young people have to go through this process. I, I would agree with Frank. I mean, we have to look at other alternatives than learning everything in one go. So there, there's good to have the choices you mentioned there, like the FATAC courses and like the apprenticeships. It's wonderful. With the apprenticeships, you see, they could be four days learning on the job mm. with their employer. Yeah. And then on the fifth day, they would tune in online to learn the theory about whatever it is. So it's a slightly different approach, but it is absolutely wonderful. And for very many students, it's a much more preferred way of learning. And as they say, you earn as you learn. Yeah. Of course, they're paid which is another very big issue for people because it is expensive going to college. And that's all the more reason that they would do the research for the courses, know exactly what they are putting down on their CAO form, if that's what they wish to do, or the post-leaving cert. It doesn't matter. Everything, apprenticeship, the whole lot has to be researched thoroughly, understand the subjects, understand the modules within the subject. I know it might take time, but this is where success comes in, because if you have it researched properly, you're more assured, you're confident, you know what you're doing. And that is a huge reassurance. It would be lovely to have those different choices in September when the results will come out. And I know you mentioned about the accommodation. That is an issue. There's no doubt about that. But I suppose all we can suggest is that they would check to know what the accommodation issue would be like, wherever they think they may be. 
And of course, the expense is quite considerable uh, with regard to accommodation. So this, again, is another very big issue for people. True, and accommodation is going up, unfortunately, and that is one thing that has to be factored into. You mentioned there about the cost, Susie Grant applications that can be still made, can't they, until July? Gemma is asking on text. They can, they can. The sooner they put in for that, the better. Uh, for some students, they may be eligible under the HERE scheme, that could help as well, or the DARE. But again, the outcome of those will be told later this month. But certainly with regard to the SUSE grant, they should make that application as soon as possible and they are in time to make that uh, up to the 8th of July, but really as soon as possible is the best thing to do with the SUSE grant. Very good, Roisin. Sorry, yes, there's, there's a lot of information there and I must go to news, but there's a lot of information there for people. They can get more info on your website, can't they, RoisinKelleher.ie and yes, other students might consider the UK or the European and the Unicast, but mainly we're talking about the Irish uh, you mm-hmm. know, opportunities available here, which there are plenty of, which is terrific, John Paul. Well, again, as we said, best of luck to everybody tomorrow. Uh, it is an experience of a lifetime doing the Leaving Search and a lot of, I think most of us have done that over the years. So again, we would say best of luck to all, Roisin, and stay calm is the main thing. At the end of the day, you can only do your best. Isn't that right, Roisin? That's all you can and, do. And if you need help, will you please seek the help? There are plenty of totally. people out there ready to help a person. Don't feel isolated. Yeah. So best of luck to everybody and thank you for this opportunity. Roisin, take care and we'll chat to you no doubt over the summer when more choices become available and more talk about the CEO. But for the moment, thanks for joining us. That's Roisin Kelleher there, our guidance counsellor. And a lot of people have mixed views on the Leaving Cert and a lot of texts have come in as they do every year. We'll get to those after 11. Uh, keep your uh, comments coming on WhatsApp at 86 by text also or call Bernie 1850 On the way, your comments on how Gardaí handle the situation. Mixed views now coming in. A lot of people were in favour of what happened at the weekend regarding how the Guardi did deal uh, with those who were causing disturbances in Dublin. Uh, many people were agreeing with the Guardi. Some more uh, views on that to come. Also, your views on property tax and eating out. That and more to come. Bernie taking your comments on 1850 333 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103. You can tweet also at C103 Cork. And earlier in the show, uh, really at the start of the show, Richard was on to us. He wanted to know what people thought of the Guardi's actions across the weekend. And this is more so in Dublin. Uh, no signs of this in, in Cork. There was people been arrested in Cork but in Dublin you would have seen I'm sure online or on TV news of the Gardaí with batons and going into large crowds to deal with disturbances and what the Garda Commissioner uh, Drew Harris has said is a lot of people drinking in public places which led to attacks on Gardaí, criminal damage and general public disorder. He said those people were responsible for causing violent disturbances in Dublin over the bank holiday weekend and that's why Gardaí did what they did. At the start of the show, uh, the majority of callers all agreed with what the Gardaí did and they all said the Gardaí should uh, use that more often. Maybe people would not treat the Gardaí in such a way if they were more forceful. That was the general commentary uh, agreeing with what the Gardaí did. But a, a few different comments in the last hour or so have come in on that. Uh, first of all, a texter here who says, Sorry now, the Gardaí think they can intimidate the people of this country. The government gave them the right to do what they like since the virus started. What did they expect when young and old were? 
were locked up on the streets of Dublin at the weekend says that texter regarding how the Gardaí dealt with the situation Jury says I don't agree I think the Gardaí were too forceful they should not have been arresting the people they have and at the end of the day people those, those people we saw in Dublin many of them young were out to enjoy themselves but if you put drink and being locked up and having less social interaction altogether and then the Gardaí come along with this heavy handed approach of course there was going to be trouble uh, Jerry doesn't agree with that style of policing uh, while Michael Ignol says 20 years ago in Germany there were disturbances the same as we had over the weekend they brought out the army who used water cannons on the rioters says Michael uh, while Amelda says I totally agree with the Guardian what they have done I think we need to see more of this uh, the way that some people in this country carry on they have no respect for anybody if we had more Gardaí out on the streets with batons maybe like in other countries there would be more respect shown and uh, Jeremiah says totally agree with the Gardaí I think that they should continue doing this everywhere across the country when there is some scenes of what we saw in Dublin at the weekend and while Linda says I do agree with the Gardaí however I would hate to see this happening and an actual protest. If someone is protesting over something anti-state or anti-government or even anti-Gardaí, I would hate to see the Gardaí go along in these lines. I don't think they would, but I would hate to see that coming in. Uh, while Dennis is saying that over the last number of years, we have seen a disregard for our communities and disregard of respect and indeed towards the Gardaí in this country. It's no harm now they are taking these measures and controlling those who misbehave in society. We have too many people who think they can break in or intimidate people in our society. That needs to stop. More of this please, uh, says Dennis. Uh, While Michael says I was at the Euros back in the last Euros in 2016. The French police were on the streets. Now, while there was no major trouble, all the police did have batons, did have various kind of weapons and when you come to Ireland there's nothing so it's good to see the Gardaí having these it's quite normal in other societies in other countries so I agree I think the Gardaí should have uh, these type of systems and have this in place the whole time this is the policing we need in this country as we are not the type of country we were a number of years ago respect is gone uh, says Michael while Dennis, another Dennis, uh, disagreeing and he feels that the Gardaí were too heavy-handed. They think they have the right to do what they want. People have freedom in our country. We were locked up for long enough. Uh, surely people are able to have a few drinks without being taken away and arrested. Uh, while John in Cork City says antisocial behaviour at the weekend. Well, parties near UCC and that area of the city kept John up all weekends. We need proper law and order this engage and encourage nonsense is a waste of time says John in the city to Bernie on 1850-333-103 just some of your calls and comments regarding the Gardaí actions over the weekend with regards to those in Dublin again more of a Dublin matter than, than a Cork one but still at the same time people had views on how they dealt with the situation overall the majority of people do agree and they feel we need uh, more of that type of policing not now against protests you would see in the streets for whatever reason the protest is for because most of those regardless if you're for them or not they are organised with the Gardaí and they, most of them are peaceful in fairness there's been none uh, well none here in Cork anyhow that have not been peaceful 
and maybe in Dublin there's been a few but overall even the ones in Dublin protests there were the majority of them were, were peaceful over even if it was the last year to do with the anti-lockdown or even to do with water charges or whatever uh, more, most of them were peaceful but I think people overall would not like to see that engagement at protests but they do like to see that engagement at situations like this that we saw at the weekend when people are drunk or people are out just to look for trouble that's what it seems to be getting back on text anyway and on the phones and socials today uh, your views are welcome uh, you can text or WhatsApp oh, 0862103103 on the property tax we spoke about earlier and mixed views on this just I think the, the reality is people don't see return for their buck you're paying this property tax and then you don't see any investment in roadways and lighting and you might do in urban and city areas but in the majority of areas outside of that you don't see no investment you're expected to pay at the same price as someone living in an urban area but you, you know you're still paying for your water you're digging for your water you're looking after your roadway uh, in a lot of the cases and Michael in Castletown Bear says hi JP the property tax in London you have to pay between 2,200 to 2,600 sterling for property tax and that would be for an ordinary three bedroom semi-detached house plus water rates of the guts of another thousand Uh, that's the way things are there in London says Michael in Castletown Bear and with regards to the value of gardens or indeed sheds or driveways a texter is asking how are they going to calculate how much people can pay are they going to call out to each household and value the gardens and sheds how will that work while Tom in Rathcormack says the ordinary people should not be expected to pay the property tax only the rich says Tom should be paying it not those who are struggling while Leo is in Douglas and as we mentioned earlier uh, comments across the weekend by Leo Varadkar and now the property tax Leo says the Taoiseach has six or seven advisors and they're all very well paid but do they change advisors when they change the government um, they, some of them can some do change or move away if there's a new government some people might just decide themselves to go elsewhere sometimes those that are in that office remain in that office and while the government changes the the advisors or maybe the people working within a, de- a department within Leinster House would stay the same or advisors might go elsewhere but they depending if they're within Leinster House the advisors would usually stay or, or they might switch around if their advisors brought in from outside then they could go uh, but it depends on the advisors uh, and where they're based but regarding departments and advice from a department uh, the department would stay the same and it's just a change of government and it's trying to implement the new government's way of thinking but a lot of the time uh, you, you'll hear from those in the know or those that spend a lot of time in Leinster House covering maybe political reporters who say the advisors are those in the departments or the civil servants are the ones who really uh, can be the ones who are making the decisions and the government implementing them as they know or see fit to do so uh, Bush and advisors I don't know will, will the next person the next Taoiseach have as many as Leo we'll have to wait and see but thanks to uh, another Leo in Douglas for your call in 1850 333 103 on the leaving search and on the apprenticeships we mentioned there earlier uh, a texter here no name on this but the person says I think parents should be aware at how unfairly apprentices are being treated those who have attended college last September still haven't been called why are they treated differently? Some of these worked every day during the pandemic, unlike some who sat at home on the PUP payment. This is not fair. Why are they discriminated against? They should be qualified in four years. Don't blame COVID as they are the same as other college students. No wonder apprenticeships aren't being taken up. Courses are now going to be six years. And that is something we touched on a number of months ago on the show. And the response we got from, depending on whatever apprentice you're going for but the response we got from some of the colleges were 
and I, I, they, they said anyhow that they could not do some of the courses online. They had to be done within the college setting and then they had to limit that to so many people, which means the course was pushed out. But I totally see this person's point by saying, why can't it be done online if you're in CIT or UCC or wherever? A lot of the courses are online there. Whereas if you're going for an apprenticeship, which we were told by those involved in those, uh, you cannot do everything online. They had to go into a certain college and then the certain college would say, no, too many in the room. You'd have to go and we'll have to defer your course for another few months or another year or another nine months. It's pushing out the boundaries. Then the next thing, it's a five or six year course. So yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from. It's very unfair on the person who was working and then waiting to do the theory side of that course, uh, no fault of their own. And they see their fellow uh, friends then who are, not doing an apprentice who were in another type of college and they are doing their course online so yeah it is very unfair and as I said again it's uh, when we looked into that it was the various courses saying to us that they had to be done in a classroom situation and they had to limit the numbers and that then is pushing out the years of the course anyhow thank you for your text on the issue of public toilets we have a lot of texts in in the last hour from various parts of the county and they're to do with Uh, shops and places where the toilets were locked. Now, not too sure if there was public toilets nearby, but these are businesses and these are cafes where the toilets were locked nearby and people felt it wasn't fair that if they are uh, selling takeaways and if they have a toilet, surely uh, they should have the toilet open if they're selling a takeaway or if you're in a store. Uh, I suppose it's really up to the store and the management if they feel due to everything going on that uh, they are just doing takeaways whatever food uh, the restaurant or the bar or whatever it is if that was the case at the weekend it's physically closed so they could be saying well even though you're getting your food to take away and eat we are closed now I know some places have opened not all but some have opened their toilets for those who are uh, selling takeaway uh, food others haven't so it depends where you go and as regarding shops some shops are very good some are not so uh, and there could be various reasons for that but I know Eileen is on regarding a shop she was in and they had the toilet door locked and it said out of order she thinks they could do better uh, and it's been like that for a number of weeks uh, I'm not too sure they're doing that just so that people don't ask to go into the toilet uh, they don't want people using their toilets at the moment I'm not too sure anyhow that remains the public toilet issue we have dealt with that a lot over the last number of weeks and I know uh, local councils have put in portaloos in many areas of the city over the weekend to deal with that situation uh, but those people making the point that surely if you're selling something and you have a toilet in that establishment you should be leaving that open for those who are buying your food uh, even if they are sitting on a step outside that the situation arises they can use your toilet without looking for one that that might not be nearby uh, that should be easing off now because the bars have opened and if you are now having food you'll be outside a restaurant or a bar and you'll be able to use their facilities but I imagine there might have been problems there on Saturday or Sunday as regarding the supermarket it's something you'd have to raise with that supermarket in question and why uh, maybe the toilet is out of order or maybe they just don't want people using the toilet in their store anyhow uh, thank you for your text to 0862103103 and there's a, an annoyed granny signed here in the text who says uh, no junior certs are mentioned they did not get a chance to sit their exam I know it's not an, as important as the leaving but it's very important to them well the junior side is important and you're right it's very important to the person that is sitting the exam but no uh, junior cert this year and we do think of those in junior cert who would have liked to go and sit the exam today and Anne is in Buttevant and Anne is wondering what will happen with Carmi 
this year? Will it be going ahead? And as we know, it's usually on the 12th of July. And good question. As you know yourself, if you're in Budavent, it's something that isn't organised. People just turn up. Last year, a huge crowd of presence on all roads uh, into the Budavent area from all uh, various ways you can enter Budavent. And also, uh, there was locals and others who, and uh, uh, members of different communities that came together appealing for people not to travel to Budavent last year for Carhamie. Haven't heard anything about that this year. Uh, we'll wait and see we'll do some checking into that across the afternoon and see if there's anything being organised like there was last year to deter people from arriving into Butterfant uh, if if there is going to be major uh, checkpoints and roads closed like there was last year into the area because of Carhamie uh, we'll, we'll, we will check that if anybody's in the know let us know if you are in the know about Carhamie this year you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 uh, but I don't have anything uh, by the way of concrete information on that as yet so we'll check that out and we will hopefully have more information on that on the show tomorrow. But if you have a view, you can always call Bernie on 1850-333-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative. The perfect way to plan your staycation in Cork. And Gagan Hall will be open from 7 to 8.30pm on Tuesdays and Thursdays from June 8th and for the month of June for dropping off used clothes, shoes, bags, sheets, towels, curtains and duvet covers. It's an aid of Gagan Car Park. If you want more info, you can call 087-123-4093. Imelda Marshall will run a half marathon in June in memory of Connor King, who was tragically killed after falling into a blowhole in Garristown. Amelda hopes to raise funds for the West Cork Rapid Response and you can donate to idonate.ie and search for the fundraiser in memory of Connor King. Dunmanway Community Meals urgently need volunteer drivers to help deliver meals to older members of the community in and around the Dunmanway area. If you could spare two hours per day, Monday, Wednesday or Thursday, please call Madeline O'Brien. She's service manager of Dunmanway Community Meals on 023 886811. Zero. And it's your final chance to get into this. It's the Mitchell Sound CBS Secondary School. They're holding a fundraising raffle today. They're raising funds, gold funds, by the way, are going towards the building of a new science lab for the school. But today is the last day. They're selling the tickets to raise funds for this new science lab. Tickets, they cost five euro. And if you're in the area of Kildallery or Mitchellstown, you can get them there from local stores or go on their website now, cbsmitchellstown.ie. The draw is taking place later today there's some great prizes there including hotel stays concert tickets and a lot lot more all for the CBS Secondary School in Mitchellstown Record today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 103 103 and I just want to give mention to a text we got earlier on in the show uh, or a call even earlier on in the show this is from Elizabeth in Kinsale and she wants to say congrats to the McCarthy family in Banladee who features on the Dermot Bannon show on Sunday night the whole show was brilliant and well done to them we spoke to the McCarthy family a number was it last year I suppose anyhow or the year before uh, no, last year we did speak to them on the bus that they are um, re- basically redoing and converting an old bus and this is to honour their dad. It featured in Dermot Bannon's new show on Sunday night and we also had our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran out on the bus. She met with them. There's videos on the C103 Facebook page if you want to take a look at them as well. But well done. You're right, Elizabeth. Uh, well done to that family. 
Uh, great work they have done on the bus it's going to be uh, it's in an Airbnb they're going to do with that eventually but a fantastic renovations a great show and, and I'm delighted that they took part in that show so well done to the McCarthy family in Banaladee uh, really nice family and we spoke to them as I said on this show and also and there's videos of the bus and them speaking to our reporter Fiona on the C103 Facebook page so well done and thank you Elizabeth in Kinsale for that message now on the back to the Gardaí and the protests in Dublin at the weekends and it was rich who kicked this off earlier on asking what the people think of the Gardaí were they heavy handed or right to go in with the batons the majority of people think they're correct to do so uh, John Donrell says the re-drinking on the streets the government brought in a law a few years ago against drinking in public has that law now been scrapped? No and there's a bylaw in Cork City and still it's in place but people were still doing that anyhow uh, Margaret into Manway on the advisors and we mentioned this from Leo in Douglas earlier uh, and Margaret saying there was a list of advisors in the papers at the weekend and how much they are getting paid. It is a disgrace. The ministers are being well paid to do a job. Why do we need the ministers if the advisors are doing the job for them? Asked Margaret in Dunmanway. While John in Cove, this is back to the Gardaí situation, John says we've got a couple of hours of sunshine at last. And what do the government expect people to do? They had a chance to get out at the weekend and the Gardaí are using brute force against the people, says John. The government ministers are allowed to travel wherever it seems. They don't be isolating so then why are they at the people? Uh, while Liam in Brough says businesses should be getting a grant for or a tax allowance to provide toilets, toilets for customers. That's on the toilet issue we had. But let's go back to the Gardaí again uh, and the actions at the weekend and John there has a different view than, than an earlier caller while Tim in Yol says that I agree with Gardaí. They they had to do what they did. However, I would not like for this to be the way of controlling society. We need to analyse and address social issues in a more humane way and resolve these issues without resorting to the same violence displayed by thugs, says Tim in Yol. And the people defending the actions of the Gardaí over the weekend are mainly the upper class snob element whose answer to every problem is called the guards, uh, says that person on WhatsApp. So, a uh, mixed response to the Gardaí handling of the uh, Dublin situation at the weekend regarding those who were uh, causing a public disorder in Dublin. Uh, the majority, I would have said, agreed uh, with what the Gardaí did at the very, very start of the show. Anyhow, the majority agreed. Now it's more 60-40 still people agreeing and people feel that if the Gardaí did this all the time, we might not be in the situation we are in with so many different sectors of our society. Anyhow, we thank you for your calls and comments with that on to Bernie 1850 or WhatsApp 86 103 103. Uh, Bush, uh, not too sure if you are an early riser or if you're one of these people that likes to get up early in the morning. You may have heard that research is now claiming those people whose sleep pattern goes against their natural body clock are more likely to have depression because researchers in the UK have found that being genetically programmed to be an early riser improves well-being. They say a flexible working pattern could benefit people's needs. Well, we'll say we'll see a lot more flexible Flexing uh, our flexible working patterns over the next number of months as people return to the office. But also, they want uh, flexible lifestyles whereby everything isn't going to be about work and also and they can leave work at a certain time so they can go home and uh, collect their children from school and spend time with them rather than arriving home late and under pressure to spend any time any time even with their child because they might only get an hour in the evening if they leave work late due to something coming up in work uh, that'll be a big thing but are you an early writer? are you just one of these people that jumps out of the bed 
uh, and just set for the day. Some people are, some people aren't. Anyhow, uh, that's the latest research from the UK. And speaking of research and the lifting of restrictions and people's fear or anxiety, because people have different uh, feelings when it goes back to going into a big crowded area, or even like we heard earlier from people who were meeting friends they hadn't seen over a year, but were a bit apprehensive for some reason and could not figure out why. Everything was fine when they met up, but because they hadn't met people for over a year or those people, uh, they just felt a bit apprehensive as if things would change. Anyhow, on that, we'll be discussing the lifting of the restrictions and how uh, people are affected in different ways. We'll be discussing with our show councillor, Joe Heffernan, next. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And our regular show councillor, Joe Heffernan, joins us as usual on a Tuesday. Good afternoon to you, Joe. And Joe's gone. So we'll get Joe back there on the line, Bernie. And as we are getting Joe back, a call in from Michael, who is in Clonakilty. And Michael is regarding speaking about the parking spaces in Clon. He feels they have gone away down. Uh, they have widened the footpaths and they've cut out most of the spaces on the main street. The car park is too far away for many of the elderly people who uh, shop within the town. Uh, Michael says that, uh, why was this done? Now, I'm not sure. Every town has, has this done whereby they have widened footpaths and they have done uh, X amount of work in the town and I, I know clinicality well and I know what has happened there but uh, on that uh, you're saying there's the car park uh, the, the spaces on the, main, on the main street have gone and the car park is too far away uh, that is something we have heard from many towns and from many people in other towns as well who feel by they have removed the car spaces I know for my was another town whereby people were very unhappy uh, that the car parking spaces were removed and now people have to park further away but also it is very unfair and very tough for those who may not even be elderly may just just have conditions that they find it tough to walk from a certain area or uh, walk lengthy walks to get into other areas of a town. So, yeah, it is an issue, Michael. Uh, we'll raise that again on the show tomorrow. Uh, to see if that is affecting other people but I know you're not alone in Clonakilty I know that has happened in Fermoy as well and many people we have addressed this with they will say it's to the benefit of the town and the town will look better and yeah and the towns do look better but then uh, that comes with a consequence like you raised there Michael in Clonakilty thank you for your call to 1850 now our regular show councillor Joe Heffernan is on the line good afternoon to you Joe good afternoon JP there you are how are you I'm not too bad. That's good. That's not good. too bad. Hang him in there. Well, the, the topic today is appropriate because you're speaking about adjusting to the lifting of restrictions. And I mentioned this earlier on uh, on the show preview and we had a few calls in, Joe. And some of them were from people who they were going to meet friends maybe for a barbecue or maybe yesterday take, and this is all outside, of course, maybe yesterday going along to a restaurant or a bar and meeting people, but they wouldn't have physically seen these people for over a year. They would have been on the phone to them, yeah. would have been texting but not physically seen yeah. and they said for some reason they felt apprehensive and when they sat down you know, everything was fine they were all chatting away but there was that kind of feeling of anxiety or they're just a bit apprehensive of meeting them again and that's kind of what you're touching on today Yeah, more or less like um, we had to make huge adjustments um, when, the, when this whole thing started and um, you know there were these scary, scary pictures um Especially um, uh, when when Italy was so hard hit at the start, and um, you know we 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 had images on the TV that were they were scary, they were frightening. I mean, uh, I hope many children didn't see them because it was something that would stay with you. Um, 
And uh, so then we were, you know, the older people were in, were told that they were to cocoon. Um, it was all very well for people like ourselves out in the country. I mean, we we could go for a decent walk and meet absolutely no one. So it was it was safe to do it. I don't know whether it was strictly within the rules or not, but I mean, using common sense, there was no risk to ourselves or anyone else. But if a person was living, say, in an apartment in the city, um, I mean, that was a dramatic change of of life and lifestyle. It was it was almost um, it was fairly unbelievable. So we had all that terrible adjustment to make and I suppose we well, we made it we had no other choice only to adjust and do the best we could and then after all of that uh, when as is happening now the restrictions get um, lifted uh, piece by piece bit by bit um, we'd have the aftermath of that trauma no, the aftermath of trauma, uh, avoidance, intrusion, hypervigilance. To go to the intrusion first, um, you know, the images that we saw, the um, the uh, the uh, the images we'll say of um, intensive care um, where people were um, fighting for their lives. Um, it was all very, very scary. And those kind of images, um, let's call them flashbacks, those kind of mental, vivid pictures, I think, will stay with us for a long time. Um, they're certainly staying with me anyway. Um, you know, um, even as I'm speaking about them now, um, in the back of my mind, kind of style, I, I can, I can, uh, I can envision those scenes again. Then there was the avoidance. Um, you know, I remember a person saying to me, "Everyone you meet is a walking time bomb," and I, all right, maybe a bit OTT, but you know, um, that's basically what we were being told. We were being told. Um, treat everyone as if they have the virus. So, okay. Um, you know, um, if one was, say, in the supermarket and if someone came too close, one is feeling, oh my God, you know, that's that's not right. Um, uh, kind of things we never dealt with before. Yeah, you're I more or less jumping out of the way in case you might feel yeah. you might catch something off them. It was very strange. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, I mean, it was all very, very, very strange. And that would be the third one there, hypervigilance. Mm. In other words, like we were on red alert all the time. Yeah. We we developed a fear of people, a fear of crowds, um, an anxiety about attending anything, well, if we were allowed to attend. But, but like now, JP, we're being told, okay, um, dining outdoors is back on, uh, the cinema which would be one of the things I'd be delighted with, is back on. Um, that even happens now in our own home. I mean, I'm saying I wouldn't mind going to the cinema and things, and uh, 
the better half then is saying, I don't know, I wouldn't be too, I wouldn't be too, uh, too uh, enthusiastic at the moment. And why um, is that? Just because of the fact that you may pick up the the, the virus, or is it the f- the fact that it's just going back out to a, a setting again? I think it's 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 the aftermath. Yeah. I I think this is the post traumatic stress, um, that uh, that we can be, and and we need to like have a good look at this and and respond positively to it. I mean, I will be going to the cinema, mm. and I'm sure Mary will too. But I mean, um, uh, it's a response to what we've been through, the fear that was embedded in us. Uh, it doesn't just go o- overnight. So, um, uh, people will be feeling apprehensive. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, and that's normal. I mean, yeah. the, the, you know... Well, that's what we've got this morning from people who are apprehensive. And it seems to be more so from the texts and callers of they're thinking about going out and then they make the decision, we'll, we'll do it. And they go and they're, uh, some people have received the vaccine, some people haven't. So it, it depends on, on the age group, but some are kind of cautious about going out and will be cautious when they're at a restaurant or whatever. But then the other side was meeting a people they haven't seen for ages. That's a lot of what we're getting this morning is people who haven't seen a friend for a very, very long time. They felt it was different texting and WhatsApping or Zooming or whatever. But the fear was, and Jude put this in a good way earlier on, she says uh, for Joe, my fear meeting my friends yesterday was it was going to be like an old college reunion. Three or four you'll get on fine with, but maybe people you really got on with in college, you meet them 10 years later and you've nothing in common. That was my fear. So that seems to be where the apprehensive is coming from from with regards to meeting people? Yeah, I suppose like we would have developed a bit of social anxiety. Mm. I mean, you know, we have to retrain ourselves um, uh, for the old bit of small talk and that. Yeah, the year's um, a long time and not much has happened. You know, people don't have that, a lot of news unless they've, you know, got married or had, had babies or whatever. There's not a whole lot of news out there other than, other than something no. like that. No, I suppose like the... Um, the the line that nobody will be missing is well have you had your vaccination <laughs> yet and uh, which one have you got and uh, uh, gatherings for a coffee and a bun uh, is going to turn into <laughs> to sound something like a, a medical consultation of the benefits of um, uh, AstraZeneca uh, Pfizer um, uh, etc. <laughs> Um, I think we 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 we've all become kind of quasi experts on um on on the different ones and like <laughs> if you go back a year and a half to the same group at the same table having their coffee and cake um you know uh, it would probably be about um who'll win the Premier League um or um. Uh, you know, have you been to any good film recently or uh, what did you think of um, normal people on the on, on, on the telly? Congratulations, by the way, to Mr. Meskel yeah. who um, got his BAFTA. But, um, so, yeah, the, the conversations even are going to be extremely different. And maybe we'd have a bit of apprehension about that. That um, you know, what will I talk about? What will I say? Um, the, you know, um, there's only so much one can say about the fact that they did little or nothing for the last year, year and a half. So, um, 
of course, um, you, you know, there'll be the um, the news of, um, unfortunately, the there'll be news of people who, who, who got the, the virus and things. But the main message I'd like that we'd send out today would be mm-hmm. like, we need to venture out. Um, uh, people who would have a phobia, um, there would be um, what's called exposure response therapy. In other words, like face your fears. If a person had a fear of lifts, um, um, elevators, um, you know, one might do a kind of hierarchy. Step in with a friend, go up one story, come back down, leave it at that for that day, that kind of thing. So... Um, you know, maybe, no, we, I don't think we'll be booking a meal out, for example. We'll wait until the 5th and we'll book a meal in. And we'll really, really look forward to that. Um, staycations, I don't know. I'm wondering about the Irish Open Golf. If that was on, I'm sure we'd we'd try to get a couple of tickets for yeah, it. It's due to be uh, going ahead anyway. There's no mention of spectators as yet no. confirmed, but the the Irish Open is due to be going ahead yeah. in Kilkenny. Yeah, but we don't yeah. have anything on spectators, so there's something to look forward to there as well. So basically, that kind of thing is to look I, forward to something and do venture out. And it's time now that people do in a safe manner uh, yeah. in venturing out. And just yeah. like you said at the start, common sense is a lot of stuff and a lot of this is down to common sense. It is, but I think we need to kind of face our fear now mm. and, you know, go to that film or make that booking, meet those friends. We need to kind of, um, we need to come out from under the tyranny of the virus. And jump um, over that apprehensive or the nervousness that is there uh, to yeah. come over that so we can go and meet these people. And once you're back meeting, eventually after a while, everything that was in our heads will disappear. And slowly, uh, as we keep uh, maintaining social distancing and all of that, the apprehensive should go from our minds. Anyhow, Joe, we'll have to hopefully. leave it there for today. You mind yourself and uh, hopefully you'll be uh, able to go to the golf. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Hope on, so. on I'd be looking forward to that now. <laughs> you would indeed. Uh, Joe, yeah. thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll chat next Tuesday. That is Joe Heff in there. He's an accredited counsellor based in Boerhebui. You can contact Joe on 086-834-8145. Joe Heffernan based in Boerhebui. If you want more details, you can contact us and Bernie on 1850-333-103. Anne Bannon colleague, not much so the post-traumatic stress for her, but the new Indian variant. She would love to know where the outbreaks are rather than not being told. Thank you, Anne, for that. We're back tomorrow from 10 a.m. with Cork Today. I'm John Paul McNamara. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.